Welcome to Awakening Divine Wildness, hosted by inspirational speaker and best-selling author, Mal Duane. Mal invites you to embrace your divine wildness with powerful conversations with visionary women. Listen in and learn how to move from pain and heartache to forgiveness and freedom so you can live the life you deserve. Welcome to Awakening Divine Wildness, and oh boy, I've got a juicy guest this week, and I know her personally, so it makes it even better. I met this amazing woman in Florida at Heroic Speaking. You know when you have that immediate connection to somebody, they're real, they're authentic, and you just feel kind of like your sisters? Well, that's how I felt about her, and I've been dying to get her on the show, but she's so damn busy building this phenomenal community online that you're absolutely going to love hearing about. So I am so excited. This week's guest is Sandy Weiner, and she's the founder of Your Last First Date. She's devoted to helping women achieve healthy, toe-curling, epic love in the second half of life. An internationally known TEDx speaker, dating coach, motivational speaker, and retreat leader, Sandy specializes in helping women. She communicate helping women to communicate effectively, set clear boundaries in relationships, and honor themselves first. She believes that a woman of value attracts her best partner. Sandy has contributed hundreds of articles to large publications such as the Huffington Post, Mind Body Green, Psychology Today, and the Good Men Project. She's also the host of her own show, Last First Date Radio, an acclaimed show about attracting and sustaining healthy relationships in midlife. Sandy wants you to go on your last first date. And besides that, she's just finishing up her second challenge, which is absolutely hysterical. It's amazing. It's called the second, her, it is the Broken Picker Challenge. I was afraid I wasn't going to get that out right, but thank God I did. <laughs> Andy, girl, I love you. Welcome. Oh, I love you too, Mal. And I remember that night we met, the night before the Heroic Public Speaking Conference started in Florida, and we were all having dinner together. A bunch of us had connected online before we met, um, before we met in Florida. And you were like, we need to talk. <laughs> we have so much in common here. And like, you just told me your story. And I just said, this woman is fantastic. Um, and I'm so glad we met. Oh, it's it's really, I, I thank you for, for fitting this in. You, you mentioned already you've had a crazy day. I have. So let's talk a little bit about what inspired you to create one of the most successful groups on Facebook last first date. I mean, I've been in there. I've seen the action, the women participating. It is fabulous. Thank you. Uh, it's a couple years old already. So the, the Facebook group is called Your Last First Date. My website is called Last First Date. So just to get that straight, because I think you got it backwards. Um, uh, so Your Last First Date was created because I think that one of the things that we really are missing in our lives today with the fast pace of technology and our crazy lives is community. So many women, especially older women who are over 40, 50, 60, 70, they don't have people they can relate to in terms of dating and relationships. 
A lot of their friends think they're weird if they go online because they don't really understand it. So this happens very often when women come to me. They say, I don't have any friends who I can talk to about this stuff. So I figured, let me create a safe space. And it's really a safe space because I have kicked out people who make it not safe. I have very strict guidelines, which actually the guidelines are a model for how I want these women to live their lives. And they include no bullying, um, really being clear in your communication, which is something I stand for. So if you want support, ask for it. Don't just post bad date last night. That doesn't help us. But if you say, I had a confusing date last night and I'm not sure if I like him or not, here's some of the things. Can you give me some feedback? Oh, now we can, now we can work with that. And if you just want to be witnessed, if you just want to vent, you've got to let people know that in life and in the group. So, so my group has these very strict guidelines. I also have seven group monitors who monitor every single day of the week because I cannot be in that group with 2,500 plus women every single day, all day. I have a job and I have a life, <clears throat> but it, that's part of what makes this group so special. And I see the women starting to get it, that they have to value themselves more, that they are giving up their power to men all the time. And in fact, there's a project that you don't even know about. Um, it's called thewomanofvalue.com. And it is my brand new venture that will be launched very soon. It might actually be launched when this goes live. Hopefully it will be. And it's really representing how... The work I do, which is the, the, the foundation of the work I do, which is helping women value themselves. So I want to expand it beyond dating now. It's not just about what you do in your dating life. It's what you do at work. It's what you do with your interpersonal relationships, with your children, with your parents, with your siblings, with every single friend that you have. You need to show up in, in that way where you're aligned with your truth everywhere in your life. So that is really my superpower is helping women own their value and get the respect that they deserve in work, in life, and in love. That's beautiful. You know that I am a sister sharing that message of ladies, if we don't love ourselves first and take care of ourselves, how are we going to expect a man to love us? Yeah. You know, and men love women that are confident, that take good care of themselves, that are positive, upbeat, you know, that have that, that just that aura and that energy around them. They sense that. Mm -hmm. And it's important. Well, I want to say something now, because I, I love that you have the same message and I've seen much of your, your, um, your work and your books and all the stuff that you have out there, which is so beautiful. But what I want to notice something and bring this to the attention of the listeners that your voice just got really soft when you said that. And here's the difference between what you did and what a lot of women do is that in order to feel heard, many women think they have to get louder and they have to be enraged and I'm going to let you know how I feel. And so with the Me Too movement and I had this happen to me and, and all of this rage comes out and it's unattractive. It's, um, and it's ineffective. And so that's a first step. We need to find our voice. A lot of people have no voice. So yes, we need to love ourselves, but we also need to speak up and we need to do it in a way that can be heard. 
So if you all watched Mal talking just now, it was with grace. It was with sweetness and softness. And honestly, that is what's attractive. It's finding your place in the world, not what works for somebody else who's louder than you or who, you know, has a sparkly, upbeat personality. Like find you and magnify that. So that's that's just an important message. I just wanted to shine a light on that. Well, one thing that you do in your group that's really important, you you allow women to speak, but you don't let them bash men. You are so against that. And I've seen the dialogue, like no male bashing. That's not what this group is about. And you're, you're encouraging them to try to find that voice. Get over the anger, get over the resentment, you know, work through that, but don't carry on with that. Because that's not what we're here for. We don't all want to listen to that. And that's, that takes a lot of work. Well, I don't think they're even aware of the limiting beliefs that they have about men, about themselves, uh, which is why, you know, you asked about the broken picker challenge. That's really how I came up with that. I, I polled my group and I said, what is your biggest struggle in dating and relationships? And over and over and over, they said, I picked the wrong men. I picked the wrong men. I don't know why. I keep attracting narcissists and men who treat me poorly. And I said, okay, I know other people have done this. And I actually don't call it fix your broken picker. I call it improve your broken picker. Because in five days, you can't fix something that's been broken for 50 or 60 years. But you can begin to have an awakening. Uh, Oh, why is my picker broken? Well, it starts with your family of origin. It starts with the messages you received at home and what was the marriage like in your family? Maybe it wasn't even there at all. Maybe you had abandonment issues. Maybe you were adopted and were never made to feel part of a loving family. There are so many things that happen in people's family of origin and how our emotions are treated. Are we honored for who we are or what we do? And most of the time, it's what we do. Did you get straight A's? Did you do your best? Are you helping? Go to your room. You're not good enough. You, oh, you think you're going to be number one? No. You take it down a notch. You know, so it's all these voices that tell you be smaller or you're not enough. And we carry that with us into our relationships, into our jobs, into the value that we bring into life. And so the first part is connecting, like, where did it come from? How did it get broken? Then I take people through, what are the red flags that you've missed? Like, what is a red flag? What is a temporary red flag? What's a real red flag? And are you speaking up enough and recognizing these red flags at the outset? Like you and I now were just talking before before the show about how you can recognize right away whether there's a connection, whether there's a red flag. And that comes with practice. You know, we weren't always so good at picking because both of us ended up in long-term relationships that were pretty destructive and awful. And I have overlooked red flags. Yes. And I've written about that in my new book, Broken Open, which comes Mm. out on April 17th, 2019. I overlooked red flags. Mm. I was afraid to speak up. I didn't want to disrupt something so much that I would lose the relationship or whatever. And then of course those red flags showed up in a really big way many years later. Yeah. And you lost yourself and that's a big cost. And I did the same. We excuse the inexcusable and I'm saying enough already, like stop it. 
just stop it now. I don't care if you've done it for 50 or 60, 70 years. I have clients who are in their 70s who have found love for the first time because they finally learned these steps. They worked with me to, you know, to, to get the... To, to get the harshness out, to really love themselves more, give themselves that compassion that was missing in, at home. I mean, so many of these women, when they look back at childhood, and often you can find a picture at the age of two and say, oh, this is when I was still innocent. A lot of these women can't even find that. That's how sad their upbringing was. But it's never too late. Like, you can be that loving parent to yourself. You can give yourself the compassion. So, so that's a lot of the work I do. And I see like these women suddenly start speaking up and the men are going, oh my God, you're amazing because you're a woman who tells me what she wants. That's like, that's like catnip to a guy. It's really. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> it's like, I, you know, cause it's so rare and it's like, I want more of that. I want more of that. That's what makes you valuable. Not having perfect thighs and no wrinkles on your face. I mean, you know, all of this is what happens when we age and, and just like own it, but own more of you and stand up for what's important to you and do it in a way that connects, you know? So, so one of the, so I'll go through the rest of the challenge, but I'm like so excited about this topic. Um, we do the red flags and we do the must haves. So I really help them get clarity about what a must have really looks like. Cause often it's, he has to be six feet tall and he has to be making, you know, 500000 or a million dollars a year, and he has to live in a house. He has to never have had any illnesses because I don't want to be a caretaker. I mean, the lists make no sense on the outside, and when we work together, I pick apart the list, and I go, well, what's important, what's important about the house? Oh, well, I just want somebody who's financially secure because once I dated a guy who had an apartment, and he was so transient. I'm like, okay, that was one guy. There are lots of people in apartments who make a lot of money and don't want to be tied down or... They want to live more simply and have maintenance take care of their apartment. I mean, I'm thinking like I want to sell my house soon. Um, so that doesn't make me financially irresponsible. That makes me actually responsible because I want to put away money. So you got to get to the bottom line of what these things are and why they're so important to you. Today was inner critic day. Um, what are you What are you doing with that inner critic, and how are you deal with, dealing with those awful voices and that's often like you'll meet this amazing guy and the inner critic will say things. I, I once had a client who said um, she had a guy, she walks with a limp. Um, it's a potential client. She said to um, so the guy, as soon as he met her, he said, oh, you're limping. And so she got so defensive. She goes, oh, well, you think that's bad? Wait till you hear about everything else that's wrong with me. And I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> Oh. Honey, don't do that. You're a beautiful woman. You don't put yourself down. He just oh. was curious why you're limping. Just tell him, this is why I'm limping. End of story. <laughs> oh. So it's, we need to love on ourselves more and quiet those voices because like this guy could have thought she was amazing and now he's thinking, oh my God, she's like, she's like a project. I got to take care of her. And she's actually incredible, really incredible. So we got to, like you said, we got we to gotta sell the product. We can't be like going, oh, you, who would want this whole thing? Well, um, and, and the last step, and then, and then <laughs> just, just to get it out, is really to know how to let a man go and to do it with grace. 
because if you don't know how to say no and say goodbye, you're going to keep hanging on to these relationships forever and they're going to destroy you. So that's, that's the broken picker challenge. And then um, my, my hope is that from the broken picker challenge, when they realize you've got to put some WD40 into that picker and get it working better, that I help them then go to the next step and join my group program, join my private coaching program and, and really do the real work. I mean, this is an awareness. Once you know, it's like, oh, there are tools. I can actually learn this stuff. Let's face it. The whole process when you're over 50 is a little daunting because many of us never thought we'd end up here again. I mean, did you? I never thought I'd be dating at 70. Hello? I mean, forget about it. <laughs> forget about it. <laughs> never. Not in a million years. So, you know, you try to adapt, try to do the best I can. So it is daunting. It's intimidating. How do women, because you mentioned something, there's little red flags, temporary red flags, and big red flags. Let's break that point down a little bit so women know just as they're going in, what's temporary, maybe permissible because it can be fixed, and what can't. So for me, a temporary red flag can be somebody who's just not available to you right now. Might be a great guy, but he's newly widowed and he's still really attached to his wife who's passed away and he talks about her all the time and he hasn't really opened his heart yet. Or somebody who's newly separated or out of a relationship and hasn't really done any healing at all. You're going to be the rebound girl. You don't want that. Or somebody who's immersed in a startup or a new business or looking for a job. They're not in the mindset right now to put energy into a relationship. And you've got to recognize that. I had a guy once, lovely, lovely man. We had two dates. And after the second date, he started to not text as often and not call as often. And he forgot a date that we had. Um, he sort of made a plan but never confirmed it. And I never followed up because I don't do that anymore. He doesn't reach out to me. You know, I'm, I'm going so he apologized the next day. I'm so, so sorry. I was busy with work. I'm so busy. It was always a lot of excuses. He started a new business. And I said, you know what? I don't appreciate when somebody doesn't follow through because that's important to me. So I state my boundaries in a nice way. And I said, you know, right now um, I'm looking for a guy who's really able to have a relationship and you seem to be too busy, which is fine, but I'm going to say goodbye because I'm looking for someone who has an open heart for a relationship. And he was like, oh, I'm so sorry. And I'm so sorry. And I said, I, I forgive you and have a good life. <laughs> Goodbye. So those are temporary red flags. That guy could show up again in a year and be amazing. Who knows? But I'm not, I'm not holding my breath. I never knew what temporary red flags were. So that's fabulous. That's my take on temporary. So there could be quality men, but they're not open to be in a relationship. They're somehow not emotionally available to you right now. Then there are the permanent red flags, which is any kind of abuse, any kind of disrespect, um, somebody who's um, dismissive, who is um, a boundary pusher. So you set a boundary and he says, that doesn't matter. You know, like, I don't want to have sex right now. Well, my needs are more important than yours. Well, that's somebody who's controlling, who's, who 
who doesn't doesn't respect your boundaries. So those kinds of big red flags, uh, somebody who only listens to to speak, so he doesn't really have any empathy. Um, you can hear like there are people who are nervous on a first date who can talk a lot about themselves. So here's where you know you might think it's a red flag. You might think he's selfish. But if you interrupt him, which I really encourage women to do, and say, you know, excuse me, may I interrupt you? Is there anything you'd like to know about me? And you kind of laugh about it. And, and then if he gets abusive and says, screw you, I, there are actually men who get up and leave the table and say, I'm, I'm out of here. I, it never happened to me, but I have heard it from other dating coaches. Um, you just did a really smart thing because you found out really early on who he is. But there are guys who say, oh, my God, I have not stopped talking. I am so sorry. I was just so nervous. Thank you for interrupting me. So now you found out, is this really a red flag or not? So that's on us. We need to speak up. As you know, this is important to me. Um, we need to speak up. We need to say what we need and not just sit there and tolerate bad behaviors and and go, you know, oh, I was on a date and I... I, there was a woman who I was speaking to the other day. She had a guy who had didn't really have a lot of empathy, but she kept giving him chances. And she finally spoke up and said, you know, before you get into how you're going to fix something <laughs> that I say, it really would help me if you just reflect on it. Like she got really emotional about something at one point, and he just kind of moved on. And to me, like she spoke up, he still didn't really get it. That's it. We're done. Like it's it's just not happening. He doesn't have what it takes to be in relationship with you. So don't give people ten chances. Like really see who they are the first time. Why do women hang on? Why do women why are they so fearful of letting go? Even in these early situations, they have two or three dates, and then they're, they're kind of like clinging. And Why? A lot of reasons. I think the, the number one reason why women keep dating people who are not right for them is, is family of origin stuff. When you don't know what normal looks like. You keep thinking there's something wrong with you. Maybe I'm just too picky. Maybe, oh, he's not that bad. You know, at least he doesn't, he's not an alcoholic like my ex. Um, at least he doesn't hit me. So there's there's all these, but he has other, like, well, he's good looking. He's so sexy. I mean, you know, he's such a good lover. That's that's a big one. So sex makes you really fuzzy and stupid. Um, it's true. <laughs> we have these hormones that I call the stupid hormones that um, they're the bonding hormones. We release the same hormones that women release when they're breastfeeding that make them bond to their babies, no matter how they look. <laughs> so some babies are strange looking and I've had a few, uh, but they're beautiful and wonderful people. And but that bonding hormone makes you think they're the most beautiful thing in the world. And so what, that's what happens in dating. You date a guy and he's okay, but then he kisses you and you're like, Oh, so he's a mama's boy, but like, oh, but he loves his mother. That's so sweet. You know, he's, at least he calls his mother. So, so your gut tells you one thing and then you shove it down. Um, the other reasons are poor self-worth. 
um, you think you're not worthy of more. Like you have such self-loathing, body-loathing, um, people who've been sexually abused who think nobody will ever want them. Um, that's come up a lot in my challenge. Really, really sad, you know, but you can work on that stuff and really overcome um, abuse. Not easy. Um, another reason is scarcity, like you're not dating enough. So you have a pool of two men and you think, well, well, at least it's better than being alone. So I'll stay with this guy, even though he's boring and he has no ambition. And, and you know, he's kind of obnoxious, but he's better than nothing. And you and I both know that nothing is better than <laughs> the wrong thing. <laughs> oh, yes, girl. <laughs> Do you think once a woman's over 50, that being alone becomes a bigger challenge, a little bit more fearful, you know, a little bit more intimidating? I think that a lot of women who are empty nesters or never had children, who are either divorced or maybe not married ever, um, it can get lonely and social circles have changed, which is why your last first date is so popular, um, my Facebook group. But again, there are ways to get a social life and I really encourage women to find new friends, to find good friends. Like not, if you have old friends who are kind of like your ex, which happens often, the, you know, the ones who just take and don't give and, you know, you don't want those people in your life anymore, but go get some new ones, you know, go to meetups, go to places where these people will hang out and, and form a community. So you're not just dating out of desperation. But I, I just interviewed um, this woman, Nicole Christina, on my show, who is a, an aging expert. She's a therapist who started a show called Zestful Aging. And um, I should introduce you to I think you'd be great on her show. And um, she came on to talk about how we can age gracefully. And she said one of the biggest issues for older people is a lack of community and connection. And we need it so much. And our culture in the United States is so bad at taking care of older people. Yep. In other countries, there are systems set up where they honor and respect and revere people as they age. And here it's like we get diminished and we get put down and we lose roles and jobs. So we need to honor ourselves and we need to take care of ourselves. Um, I go to Toastmasters, which has been life-changing for me. Um, as you know, we both, you know, went up on public speaking forums. So it, public speaking has been a huge area of growth for me. And I was petrified to walk into Toastmasters because I thought people would just judge me there. And I was such a bad public speaker and I'd be made fun of and judged because I was my own worst critic. And what I found instead is that it's a warm, loving community of people who are all interested in self-growth, which is so important to me. It's one of my top values. And yesterday, no, two days ago, Toastmasters, um, it's every Tuesday night. So there's this guy and I met him. He's got a really strong handshake, really great guy, young guy. And the next day I'm looking for a way to improve my, I had to fix something when I was editing a video. And the first person who came up was him. I was like, wait, what? And Apparently, then my son walks in the room and he goes, oh, I know that guy. He does a lot of videos on men who lose their hair. And he goes, he goes to Toastmasters. And so 
it's like so cool. You get to meet really interesting people of all ages and all races. Mm-hmm. Um, so then you're not like sitting home feeling sorry for yourself, which again is unattractive to you and to others. And like you said at the beginning of this show, that when you have that self-love and you live a life that you love, it's so attractive. It's so it's going to attract more people into your life. So so get out there and do that stuff. I have two questions for you. One is what do you tell women who absolutely do not want to do the online dating sites? They're like, no, no, I'm not going on there. There's gonna be acts murderers and <laughs> married men and perverts. And some women just are so dead set against it. So what else can they do or where can they go to meet appropriate companions, friends, dates? So first of all, don't don't think of online dating as a cesspool for ex <laughs> murderers only. Uh-huh. There are a few of uh, creepy guys. And as soon as you have any experience with online dating, you get to recognize scammers and you don't engage with them. But I would say instead, think of it as a giant mall that you walked into of single men and you have choices. So when you have choices, you date with dignity, you date with self-respect because you know you have abundance. Uh, it's all about how you do it. And I actually have a course on my on my website, if you look under the products tab on lastfirstdate.com, you will find all these different courses that will help you to navigate these, these areas where people struggle. But if you date online, I still recommend that people meet people offline, like in real life. And what that entails is you got to show up in your life with a smile on your face, without earplugs in looking at people, making eye contact, complimenting men in life. You don't know, like maybe he's married. You don't know, but start a conversation. I love your shoes. Where'd you get those? Like that, oh, that colored tie goes so nicely with your eyes. Nothing creepy, but you know, like where'd you get that watch? That's so cool. Oh, you have a Fitbit? You know, how much have you walked today? Um, You know, anything. You could be in a store and you ask a man for help. I mean, that is like more catnip. Um, <laughs> men just puff their chests up when you ask for support. And women are notoriously terrible at asking for help. Like, I don't need a stink of man. I can do it all myself. You know, even if you can do it all yourself, ask a guy for help. And it could be like, I can't reach that thing on the top shelf. Or you're going onto a bus and you want some help putting your bag up on a top shelf. or anything, ask for directions, ask for anything. Um, So yeah, airports are great. Like when you're in vacation mode, my friend Camille Virginia is an offline dating expert. If you want to look on her site, she has some great tips. She's spoken to my private group and been on my my, uh, show. But it's like, you know, she says when you're on vacation mode and you're in a great mood at an airport and you're sitting at a bar or a lounge, you're meeting people who are moving and going places and you can talk to them. Where are you going? Where are you off to? What are you looking forward to when you get there? Oh, me too. I've been there. I, I love Virginia because blah, 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 you know, now you're in a conversation and it doesn't matter how shy you are. You can, you can do all these things. I mean, I was the most reticent to speak up. I mean, I didn't look people in the eye. I, thought I would be imposing by asking questions you know I just never wanted to bother people 
But again, because people really have so little connection today, when you talk to somebody, you're doing them a favor. Like you're giving them a gift as well as the gift you're getting. Love that. Love that. And my final question for you is, because a lot of women bring this up to me when I'm talking to them, the sex thing. <laughs> is there still that old pressure about, you know, after the third date, it's time to come and collect the cookies, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, does that still go on in this age bracket or... Um, can, can a woman assert herself today and say, look, I, I don't have a timeline, but I just want to let you know it's when it feels right. Yeah. Uh, it's not going to be the fourth date, the third date, the ten when it feels right. When I feel a connection to you and I feel that I can love you, then I'm going to have sex with you. Uh, so my feeling is there's something in between those two extremes. Um, saying... You're saying I'm extreme? Oh, no. I am. And I'll tell you why. I, I love that you have standards. Uh -huh. If I was a guy and I heard what you said, I think that's going to take way too long. Okay. I have to be in love with her. She has to be in love with me. Like, what, what has to happen then? That's a lot of work. And what if we don't love each other, but we're really attracted? Can we still have sex? So like, you, you have to really get clear with, why are you waiting to love? What are you afraid of? Are you afraid of somebody breaking your heart? Are you afraid of getting an STD? Are you afraid of, you know, so, so figure out your standard, you know, whatever it is and let a man know, but you also have to do it with softness and with connection and let him know if you are attracted, you got to let him know that because men have fragile egos. And if you say, Hey buddy, like back off, I'm not having sex with you till I love you. And I'll let you know when that is. <laughs> well, I said love, but what I really mean is more like that I, I know I can be with them and connect with them at a deeper level that I see. I think I see potential. That's what, when I see, I mean, I'm not even there yet, but to be able to see some future potential with that person, right. that I, I'm feeling a connection, a really good connection. Right, so you, you let them know in a kind way that shows them, um, here's, here's when I have sex. I need to feel a connection. I need to feel like we've got some trust built up. Because I know, like, I'm really attracted to you right now, but it hasn't worked out very well for me to sleep with a guy this soon because I get really stupid. And then I, like, I don't pay attention to the importance of it. <laughs> so, I mean, this just happened to a client of mine. She, she was traveling with a guy. And I told her, like, you want to get married because um, she's on the younger side. And she still wants to have children. I said, so you have a timeline. You don't want to waste time with people who are not right for you. And um, she was like, yeah, he's, he's respecting my standards. I haven't had sex with him yet. And then, bam, they slept together. She never talked about exclusivity. She didn't talk about STDs. She didn't talk about any of the things that were important to her. And then they both got back from their trip. And now she wants to put the standards down. He's like wait a minute, we had sex, now you don't want sex, I don't understand. So it's harder to do this after the fact. Um, this guy is like, she, and she's not pressuring him, she's just saying, listen, I kind of goofed, you're really attractive, I, I was really drawn to you, and I just, I, I lost myself. So that was a kind way to say, you know, you're hot. 
I, I, I didn't do what I usually do. And so I'm kind of asking for a do-over. I have had a client who did ask for a do-over and the guy was like, of course we're exclusive. I wouldn't think we weren't. And they've been together for a couple of years now. Nice. So, you know, she kind of forgot just to have the talk. It's hard. It's awkward. But I, you know, I've gone for STD testing together with a guy. Don't be afraid to state what you need, but do it in a way that a man feels that you're not being so harsh and that he has a chance. Like he's got to know, like, I'm not just sitting around waiting. Like, imagine if a guy said that to you, you know, Mel, you're really attractive, but I have to really, really be crazy about you. And, you know, it could take a year, could take two years. I don't know. But like, let's just date. (laughs) You're like, um... I don't know if I want to wait that long. Right? So so you got to find your sweet spot. It's not about time to me. It's really like I have known right away when a man is trustworthy and I've known right away when he wasn't. Mm. And I follow my gut. Like I had a guy once who he was seeing other women. I said to him, you know, I really like you. I did. This was years ago and I wouldn't do it again. But I said, I like you a lot. You're really interesting. Um, You're fun. And I will date you as long as it stays fun, but I'm not sleeping with you until, you know, unless you were exclusive. So I'm just letting you know, you know, this is who I am. And this is, these are the conditions that we'll be together. And he goes, wow, that makes me want you more. Oh. So he liked the, the tease of me not just jumping into bed with him. And then he got to be a schmuck. So I, <laughs> I was like, this isn't fun anymore. You're, you're, you're a jerk. So, and then he was like, well, can't we? just be friends. And that's a big one, ladies. Do not get pulled into the just be friends thing. And I said, you know what, you're not my friend, because that's why I don't want to be with you anymore. You were actually a really crappy friend. You weren't there for me when I needed you. You made fun of my son. And you told me I was just being sensitive. And I was like, you know what, I'm a pretty honest mother. Like I don't deify my children. But for you to sit there and criticize my son, Mm, that doesn't work for me. Yeah. So um, he tried. He called me several times. I didn't pick up the phone. He was pissed. He wasn't used to rejection. So we got to stand true in our standards. To our values. Yes. So um, in a value. Uh, know your values and, and stand in those values. Make your values known. And if, if, I mean, you mentioned something here very important, and I think that was probably also in the back of my mind when I was joking about the love thing is knowing you're going to have an exclusive physical relationship with that person. Very important. That's a value. Yes. It's not going to happen. That's a deal breaker for me. I mean, no need to even go any further. Lady, you have got a wonderful free gift that you offer women off your website. So please tell them about it. Okay. So if you go to lastfirstdate.com, it's right on the homepage. It's the top 10 reasons why men disappear and how to attract the love you want. So it's, it's outlining, this is one of the, again, the most common questions. Why did he disappear after a good date, after three months? I've had women who's, who had men just totally vanish after a year without any explanation. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, to me, like there's, there, it's just inexcusable to do that and there are probably red flags that these women were missing all along because someone who's such a poor communicator that he would just disappear like that he wouldn't last a year in my book but that's part of the work you know we need to get better with our pickers 
but also to understand why men disappear. And so if you've ever had a man who you thought that it was a fantastic date or three dates or three weeks of dating and suddenly he went from every day talking to you to nothing, you got to grab a copy of this. And it's, it's a quick checklist and then you'll get the checklist of, of how to attract the love you want. And, uh, and that's my free gift. I'm going over right after this show and I'm getting my copy. Okay. All right. <laughs> I, I better read that. Okay. <laughs> Sandy, thank you so much. It's always great to connect with you. You really, you've got this whole arena of dating nailed girl. You, yeah, you really a smart cookie. Oh, thank you, Mel. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me on your show. Love it. Bless you so much. Thanks for listening to Awakening Divine Wildness. If you like what you heard, please share this podcast with a friend and leave some stars in a favorable review at iTunes. And be sure to visit MaldwaneCoach.com for your free Heal Your Heart, Reclaim Your Worth six-week video course.